This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report on the grains. Just a 2% decline in overall good to excellent corn crop condition ratings was not what I expected. Iowa lost 5% at 45%. Only 4% of the Iowa crop was rated excellent, so the crop deteriorated more than the average decline suggested, as good to excellent ratings were weighted to the good. 25% of the Iowa crop is rated poor to very poor, so that is where the dying crop resided. Minnesota lost 3% from its good to excellent ratings. I find the loss of ratings of those two states hard to square. I do not argue with the decline in Minnesota, but to lose a good to excellent rating from only 5% of the Iowa crop while Minnesota lost 3% last week seems absurd. Minnesota is the garden spot. Good to excellent ratings of Kentucky and Missouri improved. Colorado, Iowa, Texas, North Dakota, Nebraska, and Pennsylvania have good to excellent ratings worse than last year. 63% of the U.S. corn crop was dented compared to 56% a year ago with 71% of the Iowa crop dented compared to 56% last year. The drought is pushing maturity hard. That kills the yield. There was a 3% decline in the U.S. soybean good to excellent crop condition rating to 66%. This number was supposedly what the trade expected, but I was expecting worse. Maybe that will happen next week. 18% of the Iowa soybean crop was rated poor to very poor. Only 5% of the Iowa soybean crop was rated excellent. The Category 4 hurricane got to the Louisiana soybean crop, which had the highest ratings in this nation before the storm. Good to excellent ratings fell 28% in that state to 60% good to excellent. Kansas ratings fell 11%, Nebraska's 5%, and Iowa's 6%. Soybeans in the southeast Corn Belt held their own. 8% of the soybean crop is dropping leaves, mostly in the Delta and the Dakotas. Rain chances are again near nil this week for the drought region, and temperatures heat up again late week. Crops deteriorate slower with cooler temperatures, but when they have run out of water, they still deteriorate. Big yields are made when corn has a healthy fill, and this year could not be much more opposite. As long as the 345 chart gap in December corn stays open, the bulls have the right horse. The week was about the last chance to pull the soybean crop out of the fire. The soybean crop is made in August, and today is September. It would appear that there is no rain coming to the rescue in time. USDA will have taken a snapshot of last week's crops for the September crop report, but are still deteriorating. Farmers with good crop insurance would like to not to have to try to harvest badly damaged derecho crops. Either way, field loss will be enormous. A disc may be the combine of choice. It would have to rain restoring some soil moisture before cover crops could be considered. The failed corn is the cover crop. On the hogs. The industry has slowed down its supply chain so that given moderating weights, additional hogs are not backing up. They've eased up on pushing gains and will slow production all the way back to farrowings. Integrated packers have got supply managed to where they can cover kill costs. That means that regular packers are making money and hog producers are along for the ride until they decide to get off. I am not convinced that the industry will push any additional euthanizing of pigs even if they get the opportunity for USDA payments. The path of slowing production appears to be the best choice to level the ship until presented with a better one. The bacon market has gotten complicated. 
One would think that with bellies, just a dollar sixteen cents a pound wholesale in the middle of BLT season, that slicers would be hard at it, and retailers would be featuring the heck out of bacon. CME Group economists say that bacon features are down 64% from a year ago. They put the blame on processing labor shortage. They have found the labor to kill hogs, but they can export with less processing and less labor. On the cattle, retailers are now buying past the Labor Day holiday, so they are hoping that they get good weekend clearance. They're featuring beef. 54% of retail ads featured beef up 1% from last year. Top sirloin steak was the most featured item priced below a year ago. That ought to work. Cattle Facts says that retail beef prices are a little too high compared to pork and chicken. Maybe, but the beef market has had a seasonal holiday rally and pork didn't. The two are now focused on different customers. 30% of pork is exported and beef exports are traded for imports. Americans love beef. Beef prices can pull pork and chicken prices higher when they moderate production. Range conditions continue to deteriorate with poor to very poor pasture and range at 46%. Feeders will continue to get pushed into feedlots early. Feedlots are getting a bit lower for cash cattle will attempt to use leverage in the feeder cattle market to transfer some of the loss to ranchers. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 